Here comes Mahomes. Trying to find the end zone. And no, how about that? One last indignity. Intercepted by White. That defense, tremendous tonight. Gonzaga has time to do something. Socks for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The perfect season remains on go. Here's Suzuki. Puck in behind the Tampa net. McDonough is on it there. Flexes it to the boards. Suzuki takes a hit from Chernak. Down for 15 seconds. Puck pinned to the corner to the right of Vasilevsky. Comes out in front. It is cleared. As time winds down here in Tampa. Five seconds remaining. Puck retrieved by Petrie. Lightning strikes twice. The Tampa Bay Lightning with their second straight. Has to foul. And a pinnacle ball throws it down. And a foul. Giannis on the alley oop. What a turnaround. Smith. The 0 2. Left side, Swanson. To first. The Bruins. The world champions. On right side, Murphy. Shooting. Same may rebound on the view. Minus three with Dave Damashek. How'd that last one get in there? I don't know. Anyway, hey, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to the last episode of Minus Three here in 2021, which is just about done, but not until the Shecky Awards have been handed out. Yes, longtime listeners know the Oscars do the year's best movies. Grammys do the year's best music. The Sheckies are here to take care of everything else, settling all hash. In the meantime, make sure you're betting with or against us, fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three. Follow all the fun at minus three pod on social media and challenge yourself and us at extrapoints.com. Go to the NFL Pick'em and all the NFL prop bets are there for you. You might win a fancy gold hat or some other prizes if you're good enough at doing it. And that brings us to the 31st Annual Shecky Awards. It's raining like a mother here in Los Angeles. Eddie Spaghetti on the other side of Sports America, specifically Staten Island, New York. You're stuck there. It's pouring rain here, Eddie Spaghetti. Um, it's a real mess outside. I think God's crying because Ben Roethlisberger more or less confirmed what we already knew. He's on his way out the door. Two more games to go there. What's going down with you this holiday season, Spaghetti? The uh, the weather is probably around the same in New York right now as it is in L.A. A lot of rain. Uh, temperatures uh, both around the you know upper 40s, low 50s, so not that much different. And uh, yeah, while uh, Ben Roethlisberger is saying he's probably done, and and maybe the NFL probably with the Steelers uh, on my teams, we have the New York Giants former scouts and team employees now fighting on Twitter, which I think is probably the first time in the history of the NFL that uh, team uh, like front office folks fighting on social media so that's that's where the franchise uh, is at right now it's really good that's fun keeping up with the times like everybody else arguing on social media these days um we're gonna get into it here eddie spaghetti the if you want to hear our best bets for the college football final four we'll throw in a couple of those as we go along here and for a big uh, penultimate regular season week in pro football we sat down with kevin hench at the start of the week go back and listen to that one wherever you find your podcasts and also cousin sal marty weiss and i chopped it up pretty good on Wednesday, also looking ahead at uh, pro football and college football action upcoming for you, and there will be a New Year's special along with Megan Gailey for you on Extra Points. Make sure you track all those down, Eddie Spaghetti and Jan Piacente doing their thing on Waiver Wire, all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. Make sure you check it out. It's been another gangbusters year at the Extra Points Network, but Spaghetti, it's time now. 
just to whet the appetite, to warm you up a little bit, an hors d'oeuvre, if you will, we have to go back to our usual question, 2021 update. I start with you, Eddie Spaghetti. Are you going to heaven? I, I mean, I yeah, from how I live my life, how my, my actions, I should. But I think uh, like not going to church and stuff like that probably would disqualify me. I'm not really a church goer. I'm not really a, uh, a follower of any religion. But so I think that hurts my chances. But me as a human being, like, I, yeah, I, I deserve it. You feel you're you're worthy of uh, of Definitely. the high heavens, not burning for, sure. for eternity. No. Think about it this way: pretend you're a pollster, like the ones who rank college football teams. But instead of college football teams, where do you rank yourself among the people you know? Not, I mean, we're not we're not holding up uh, Mother <sighs> Teresa; she's not here anymore, anyway. But are you in your top five? Are you number one in the nation of Eddie Spaghetti's cohorts, including the man in the mirror? Are you top 25? Because I feel I've long said this. I'm barely holding on at this point to a spot in the top 25, but I certainly wouldn't be considered by the committee for the final four in uh, among people I know if I were on that committee, which I am. I'm I'm top 10, top five. And and my the people that I know, I think all the people, you know, you're top 10 maybe even five yeah because i'm i'm a pretty i'm pretty selfless i think i'm a loyal mm. friend uh i like to help out people and uh i think anyone that knows me uh, would agree with that uh almost to a fault that i'm uh, a, an intense loyal person and i you know if i give respect i also want to receive it which you know may knock me down a few pegs if i uh am abrasive with some folks but it, it comes from a good place which is why i think i'm, I'm top five to ten all right um I guess a pretty good answer. Self-confidence is good. You know, self-praise stinks. But if you don't love yourself, who will? That's what uh, my old man used to say. And I guess there's some merit in that. I, the The message is kind of falling on deaf ears, as I say, as I cling into the back half, the back chunk of, of that uh, people in the top 25 that I know. I like at least a couple of my kids better than I like myself. A few other people in my family. 90% of the people I know are more successful than I am. But you know what? As I jump into my hot take to end this year, it's a kind of a retroactive one. There's one thing I can say about myself is I was right or more right than most about the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but that was never in the cards. The fanciful notion that the Steelers should have moved on from their future Hall of Fame QB before the season begs the question, to what And for whom? There was no better alternative this season. A succession plan requires a successor, and there was just plain no one to take the role. Now, there was a new James Bond movie in 21, the last one with the newest Bond before a new one takes that role over, and next year, Batman's back, but with a different guy in the black and gold uniform. And did you see the new Spider-Man movie? There were three guys in the lead role. And I'm sure Tobey Maguire is happy there's a Spider-Verse, but I'm sad to report there is no such thing as a Steeler-Verse. Therefore, in his prime, Terry Bradshaw's not walking through that door. And based on some of the comments I've heard this year, some fans and even former Steelers players wish Roethlisberger hadn't walked through the door in 2021. Listen, everybody, the Steelers are going to be fine going forward. They've got lots of cap room and some strong-armed options in the draft. After all, the most iconic brands always live on. But you can't have it both ways. I've heard lots from the last several months about, about this Steeler way, but a big part of that is pride in the past, towing the line, living up to the pride standard set over the last half century. And part of that requires embracing the legends. This isn't a 15-minute-old franchise like the Houston Texans or the Columbus Blue Jackets. Neither is it the Washington Generals or the Cincinnati Bungles. Being an iconic, successful brand can actually complicate things sometimes. And the Steelers don't have a flawless track record of doing this right all the time, which is parting ways with some of its biggest icons. Bradshaw, Palomalu, Harrison, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, all left draped in something less than glory but then fairy tale endings are hard to come by even for guys whose careers have played like something out of a storybook the greatest of all time muhammad ali brady in new england montana in san francisco Favre in green bay peyton in indy and so it now is for roethlisberger at 39 deprived by his knees his hips and whatever the hell else is ailing him out of what made him stand out even from his hall of fame peers he wasn't just a scrambler 
running away from guys, but kicking off the walking boot and taking them on, delivering justice, vengeance downfield, like Batman in the alley against 11, nameless gray faces. Don't get me wrong. He's not a movie character. He's a three-dimensional, imperfect human being. But just as the Steelers have done the right thing with Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger's evolved himself as a player and as a man. That's what happens when we bear witness to the full arc of a person's adulthood to this point. So, of course, Pittsburgh's loved him. In a sports tan, color-coordinated in black and gold, alongside Lemieux and Clemente and Stargell and Crosby and Mean Joe, Big Ben stands tall for eternity on the short list. The best player the Steelers have had at sports' most important position and one of the ten best to ever do it in the history of people. Sure, in the same era, we've seen some more surgical QBs, Brady, Peyton, Breeze, but there's something pristine about them, scripted, clean and easy. Give me the improviser, the gunslinger, taking shots, making plays downfield. Go ahead, look up his career numbers. He's way up there, but that misses the point. Seven's pigskin genius is more visceral than that. His greatest play is obvious. It'd be the signature moment for any QB. But 1A and 1B are what make him distinctive. A season-saving tackle on the defensive back in Indy and staving off a purple-clad nemesis just long enough to avoid the stack by throwing it out of bounds. Peyton might have been better pre-snap, but he couldn't have done those things. And now the end is near. 18 years, the full lifetime of some who'll cheer him on one last time in Heinz on Monday night. 18 years in that same black and gold uniform. But because this isn't a movie, the hero could lose here. It sets up to be a potentially sad ending if things go poorly against Cleveland, then at Baltimore. It doesn't have to be, though. It's not over just yet. There are a couple of chapters left. Maybe he's got one last show for his home state brines who've been kicking themselves since 2004 for passing him over. And maybe he's still got a little left for Baltimore where he took his first snaps 18 years ago. Both those towns hate him. Good. The Joker should hate the superhero who's kept him from fulfilling his dreams. Since he arrived on the banks of the Three Rivers, three Super Bowls, two Lombardies, which is one more than the rest of the arch villains in the division combined. Browns to the left of Yins, Jokers to the right. And either way, when it's done, the Steelers will recast the role. A new face of the franchise, a new hero in the same black and gold getup with the logo on just one side of the helmet. But make no mistake, there will never be another Big Ben. Roethlisberger once told me he's one of those guys who'd be better appreciated once he's gone. But I suggest Jins rally around now because for 120 or so more minutes, RQB wears the number seven. And now, Eddie Spaghetti, before we jump into to the rest of the Shecky Awards here, I do want to remind you, I said uh, the Final Four is fast approaching here. It's here in a matter of minutes, really. Each win means even more in the college football playoffs. That's why FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with 30-1 to 1 enhanced odds on any team to win their semifinal game. That means you can win $5 to win $150 on any team to make it to the final. You pick which team you want to roll with in the semifinal college football playoff, and you do that and make sure you use the promo code code minus three the word minus the number three and make a deposit to claim your 30 to one enhanced odds it's just part of what makes FanDuel america's number one sports book easy to use fast payouts um all this and uh you know of course we love the same game parlays and everything else eddie spaghetti let me read your mind and say you like georgia laying the points a little bit more than you like cincy plus the points is that fair in between the two semifinals? I know you're leaning Cincy. I'm going Bama there. I think we agree on Georgia to win by double digits, though, right? Uh, I love Georgia, and this is still one of the best team in the country. Uh, some news, and I believe I talked about this on the uh, extra points with you and Sal, is that Daxon Hill, Michigan's being very quiet about him. He's one of their, you know, probably their second best defensive player behind, uh, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson. So if he doesn't play, that's a big loss for Michigan. I think Georgia, who's a dominant run team, a dominant defensive team, they're just too much. I don't I don't think Michigan's able to pass the ball to victory in that game. And uh, so, yeah, I love I love Georgia laying the points there, and I actually did place that bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook app in New Jersey uh, a few days back. And uh, the other the other game, I think by far, um, is going to be the more exciting game. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a high scoring game. And uh, Cincinnati will cover this the thirteen and a half. Last I saw it, 
you know, uh, this is their time to shine. They're supposed to, they wanted everyone wanted them to get a shot in this bowl game. Obviously, the Mechie injury to Alabama is huge. Cincinnati has some really good cornerbacks, uh, including uh, Sauce Gardner, who should be a first round pick. So they have some uh, some good players defensively, and obviously Desmond Ritter, dual threat quarterback. He's hard to contain. It's going to be a really good quarterback matchup, and uh, I think Luke Fickle will have the guys ready. I don't see Cincinnati winning this game, but I think that's going to be the better game of the two. Hmm. Inter- yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think it'll be a compelling watch, at least. I think uh, Bama, like I said, on extra points on Wednesday, probably pulls away, if not earlier in the game. I think, Will, it'll it'll feel like Cincy isn't completely misplaced being in this Final Four. But I think by the end of it, even if they the Bearcats faithful feel good about themselves, I think the final score will be a two-touchdown win for Alabama. Um, quickly, you want to throw a pick in on that Monday night game now that it uh, has more import than a mere 60 minutes of, uh, of two teams banging heads. It may be completely irrelevant in the playoff standings if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, as I predict they will on Sunday. How say you, though? Browns, a road favorite in Heinz Field. They started 2021 by beating the Steelers, knocking it out of the playoffs. They can do it again if the Chiefs lose. That game has great import to the AFC North still, um, and the loser will be officially eliminated there. How say you? I just made our uh, our picks for our EP uh, chart that we always uh, you know publish uh, heading into the weekend, and I picked the Steelers. Uh, I mean, <laughs> w- watching that last game, and I know everyone says, "Well, if Baker Mayfield wasn't in, you know, they would have won that game," but. The fact of the matter is that Baker Mayfield is going to be in the game. Baker Mayfield threw for, what, four interceptions last game, and everyone said they just, you know, ran the ball with Nick Chubb, they'd win that. Well, you know, newsflash, the Steelers' defensive coordinators and defensive players know that Nick Chubb, if they stop 24, they have a chance to win that game because Baker's not going to beat you with his arm, especially him being injured for pretty much this entire season. So I, I like the Steelers in this one. Najee Harrison, no slouch himself. Uh, I really like the Steelers receiving core. And I think, you know, between their defense, just, you know, knowing to stop Chubb, I think Ben and company probably in the, you know, with the legs of Najee Harris will, uh, you know, eke out a, a close game. I doubt TJ Watt or Miles Garrett gets the defensive player of the year at this point, And they're both hobbled in this one. But if either guy should turn out three sacks somehow in this one, I think they still have a shot at things. Although I do think that thing is tracking more and more towards Micah Parsons down there in Dallas to pull off a historic, uh, um, defensive player of the year. One of the few guys to ever get it as a rookie and real quick, we need to take a break. But with that said, let's get to it, Eddie Spaghetti. It's time for the 31st annual Shecky Awards, and we'll start it off with with worst alphabet letter. Of course, best alphabet letter is kind of murky. We retired it a couple of years ago, the letter Q, for its aspirational qualities. You think it lives down there with the nerds X, Y, and Z, but if you check it, it's climbed its way up there. Nobody's paying attention. It's all the way up there in front of R, S, and T. I don't know how it did it, but Q is now kind of weird for, you know, I don't know, political reasons. I don't know if it's political exactly, but it's taken on a, a weird life of its own. So worst alphabet letter, I consider W because I feel a little bit bad for the U in it because it's really two V, you know, double. Do you realize that W is double U? But it's not even like two U's at this point. It's more two V's. And so I guess I feel angry at the V's for stepping on the toes of the W or whoever first started doing that, what pensman started doing that. Have you ever considered that, that it really should be double V, not double U? Well, yeah, because it comes to a point instead of a rounded edge. Yeah, right, it's sense, sharp yeah. at the bottom. It's like two arrows pointing down. So I resent the letter V for that, but that's nothing compared to the worst letter in the alphabet for 2021, the Shecky goes to. It's the letter C. Back-to-back, it wins it. Um, you know, the letter C, at what point does this fraud have to own its role in our lives? It, you know, do you need the k sound? Do you need them to do that in a word, Eddie Spaghetti or otherwise? Well, great, because I give you the letter K. We don't need you, C, to make the k sound. We already got that with K. But you, you need a s sound? You ne- oh, there's a letter S. In other words, what are you doing, C? We don't need you at all. 
You know, in fact, all you do is combine with H to make the ch sound. So why don't we make a letter that only makes the ch sound? And that's the only way I think going forward you should be allowed to stay in our alphabet. Otherwise, you're just taking up space. We could really eliminate the extra letter there, take it from 26 down to 25, and shave off a couple seconds every time we do that song. And when you have kids, when young kids, you end up singing it a lot. That's a real time saver for you. So we're off and running. Is that a good uh, place to start there, Eddie Spaghetti? C, yeah, C is a good one. I mean, I'm just thinking about Q as well. I know you talked about it, like Q, kind yeah, of the same thing as as C. You could, I mean, KW really is the Q sound. Um, I think I also were to throw in the letter X. I know it's a cool letter. I know it's a Roman numeral. You probably, I probably use it more for that. You know, it's just a useless. No one's, it, it, very few people's name begins with X, and you could always kind of, I mean, if you, your name is like Xavier, you could probably use a combination of letters to change that it's just a useless letter in alphabet it's weird it's a rangy letter but i don't know if i admire it or resent it choose what you want to be x you know like x is cool if you're an x man or if you're xavier mcdaniel as you say on the other hand if you're an x or if you have an x over something then that's bad too much range for my taste um next this is this is a, a, a fascinating one for me always because it involves me going back through my mind over 365 days. Best movie I watched this year. Now, this is different than throwing out like the new Spider-Man movie or whatever, because that came out this year. And that's like what the Academy Awards do, although I don't think the new Spider-Man is going to win the Academy Award for best movie. I'm not sure what is uh, Belfast, one of those kind of movies. I haven't seen Belfast, so that's out of the running now. The best movie I saw in 2021 could be a brand new movie. It could be the new Spider-Man. It's not. Instead, the nominees for best movie I watched this year are Rocky Three. Now, it's not a great movie, by the way, but I still love in the opening montage when Clubber Lang is beating up all comers. And then they cut away to Mickey, Rocky's trainer, who's very worried about his uh, his champion. And he, he they cut away to him and he's got this ghastly ashen face on him but he also brought a date to the fight I, that makes me laugh every time he's sitting there with his date he's not even paying her any mind because he's so terrified of what clubber lang's gonna do to balboa but he also had the force i'm going to see this this killer in the ring would you like to come along would you like to be my companion this evening and then he pays her no mind whatsoever this uh this mickey is uh, quite a character but anyway rocky three Wolf of Wall Street, which came, I started, I watched finally because we took you to task, Hench and I, uh, Spaghetti. You never had seen The Graduate. And then I ran through my mind and I realized that's an iconic movie I've never seen. Wolf of Wall Street, very good as it turns out. A lot of people were right about that one. Also, Promising Young Woman. Have you seen this picture, Spaghetti? It's great. It's quirky. It's odd. Yeah. It's dark. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great it. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. But, but the best movie of 2021 that I saw this year. Boogie Nights. It gets better every time I watch it. This movie is the gift that keeps on giving Dirk Diggler. And really, I mean, John C. Riley once again, steals a movie. Uh, he really is the, uh, perhaps the funniest thing in it, in a hysterical movie, a great movie. Boogie Nights. Check it out if you haven't watched it. Do you, you know Boogie Nights, right, Spaghetti? I, I have seen Boogie Nights. Uh, I think I watched it for the first time a few years ago, uh, actually when I came home for Christmas. And yeah, it's a it's a good movie. Uh, kind of shocked that uh, a Star Wars movie or Goodfellas didn't win for you. But uh, yeah, I'm good. Good change it up. You know why? I, I didn't watch any of them this year. Of all the movies I sat through this year, I didn't sit, sit through, I not fully Goodfellas at any point this year. Of course, if it's on and I catch it, I watch it to completion, but I didn't watch start to finish, and that's part of the requirement. Now, Eddie Spaghetti, this is, a, this is an award that started way back in 2008 when the Seattle Supersonics ditched not just a great city in Seattle, not just with the reigning rookie of the year in Kevin Durant, but then they moved to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. What a slap in the face. You left Seattle to move to Oklahoma? Weird move. That was the highlight slash low light for the sports town that is Seattle that year. Also, Washington, the Huskies, I think went O for the season and Wazoo won only one game and that one game that one win came against Washington and the Mariners. I think they had just come off their 116 game season 
and this was supposed to be another big year. It was a disappointment. The Seahawks were bad that year. It all adds up to them being the inaugural Sonic Award winner. You do not want to get this. It's not necessarily who had the worst teams. It's the the teams that caused the most pain to a city sports town fan base. And so through the years, we've had uh, we've had any number of winners. Last year, 2020, Boston won for the first time, which was uh, which was big stuff because uh, obviously Boston sports town has had quite a millennium. But 2020 was very sad. Pittsburgh's won it before Philadelphia. Even New York City spaghetti won it. San Diego a couple of years ago. And that brings us to 2021. This is a weird year to try and identify which sports fans suffered the most in one town la any come to mind for you spaghetti la comes to mind because the dodgers didn't make the world series and they've now become the west coast yankees which is if you don't win the title the year is a disappointment and kershaw is done for them in all likelihood forever i i'm not saying that uh this city deserves to win but it, it, maybe for next year if things continue to trend this way i think they could be the winner and for the amount of teams that are in kind of you know trouble uh i think the city that i'm currently in new york city is in a really rough spot and now i'll know the rangers are really good they just did lose a game last night to the the panthers and they were up going into the third which is the first time this year they lost in regulation uh with a lead but and there may be a step ahead of schedule for them but the problem is that hockey doesn't seem to get the appeal across the city it's more of a diehard sport that being said the islanders which were i think the third or fourth favorite in the city um they're struggling mightily right now so they're out of contention then you go to basketball the knicks uh people had, they had a good end of the season last year people were excited about the team this year they started off pretty good not so great anymore kind of middle of the road they're probably a playoff team but they're not going to get past the first round the nets had some weird stuff going on with Kyrie irving i know he's coming back but kind of leaves a sour taste in people's mouths then going over to baseball i mean the mets last year they kind of tailed off and their big freight and signing was not great and then you have their owner on twitter and he has to leave twitter and then come back to twitter and they, you know there's players they thought they were going to sign they lost out on and i know this offseason they're kind of ramping up again but if they start to stink especially with their owner is pretty public that's going to be a bad thing the yankees my yankees didn't fire boom didn't fire cash in which people wanted um you know now they're whole entire division outside of the orioles and you get good. put out by the hated red sox too right, that, right. that's the killer that's see yeah. that's what i'm talking about 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 pain not just abject suckitude but right. that's you don't want to you don't want to go out like that you don't right. want the red Sox to end your season and, and the Yankees will be a good team but you never want yes you don't want to lose to the red Sox, and it, it also really stings when the rays and the blue jays are, are significantly better than you and then going on to football now i'll start with the jets obviously you lose out in trevor lawrence which started this thing they get zach wilson all of a sudden people are like oh here we go again but trevor lawrence isn't playing great the jaguars aren't playing great zach wilson has some flashes here and there he gets banged up Jets have a miserable season they could be in the running for the number one pick again and you start in that same question do we draft a new quarterback so they're in a mess the Giants like I said early in the show you have former employees and, and scouts fighting with each other and with current employees uh, you, you, you're gonna fire Gettleman Judge is probably staying but because Judge is staying and he might have GM picking power that's gonna create a huge mess with the Giants the worst part is they have no cap space left so they're gonna have to cut a lot of people Daniel Jones they could extend I mean he has the option year left but you keep him him. Do you move on to someone else like Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson isn't playing great. Uh, if they, you know, the Giants have the two picks, but the Bears won a game they shouldn't have. They're going to beat the Giants again this year, so that pick's now getting worse. Now you don't have enough capital to really get to the front of the draft because their Giants aren't going to be worse than the Lions, the Jaguars, the Jets. So that's a really bad position there too. And it, this looks like it's going to be a three to five year rebuild. So right now, if things don't improve, if the Rangers don't magically win a Stanley Cup and the Yankees don't win next year, uh, they're my pick for the 2022 Sonic Award because things can get really, really bad. Wow. I, th- that's, uh, yeah, I think you're purposely filling your glass half full, uh, half empty to try and um, to guard yourself against emotions because you want a Stanley Cup. And that's why I think New York is just barely off the hook here because I know New York is a hard-boiled sports town, but there is enough to allow for some pie-eyed optimism between the Rangers and the Mets making some big signings now. It's it's really the promise of what's to come rather than what's going on right now. And the Knickerbockers were a fun story in spring and may yet be again going forward there. But it was not a, uh, a glorious year in um, in uh, New York City. That's obvious. But yeah, like the Dodgers, we say USC and UCLA uh, both were bad the lakers are disappointment last spring a disappointment once again but the rams and chargers are good enough to get them off the hook pittsburgh 
Steelers lost at home at the Browns uh, to the Browns in a playoff game. The all-time embarrassment for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pirates suck, as always. The Pens, Tristan Jari, they might have won the Stanley Cup, but Tristan Jari, their goalie, just choked. He pooped on the ice in uh, as grim a fashion as I've ever seen one guy ever choke away an entire season for, uh, for an otherwise strong collective. Pitt basketball's a mess. But Kenny Pickett salvaged things. It was a special season for the Panthers, and that gets uh, Pittsburgh off the hook. Philadelphia. The Flyers stink. They haven't won a Stanley Cup since 75 now. The Phillies are bad, but Bryce Harper won the MVP. The Sixers are a mess. They should have gone deeper in the playoffs last year. The standard should have been, based on the process, beating the Bucs. Instead, they don't. That's bad, but the Eagles are kind of good. They're not terrible. It doesn't feel right to make it Philadelphia this year. Detroit. The Lions are a joke. The Wings are a joke. Not terrible so far this year, but still not good up to their standards. The Pistons remain a joke. The Tigers, middle of the pack, but Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are less than an hour drive away. So I got to let Detroit off the hook. You mentioned New York City, Seattle, the Hawks. It's over there. The, the, uh, an entire era is over there. The Huskies are bad again. The Mariners are okay. In fact, pretty good. But you got hockey, and it's uh, again optimism. You can't; it doesn't make a difference. You got a new team. It's hard to to put you on the list there. Denver, maybe, but it's a little uninspired to go with them. Houston has the Texans. I could really go with them with the whole Deshaun Watson mess. Everybody hates the Astros. That doesn't feel good. A few years ago, everybody was like, yeah, "I don't care if the Astros win. They don't. They don't." hurt my feelings in any way now they're the most reviled team in baseball a sport that includes the yankees um and the red sox and their respective fan bases but again i i I, the houston cougars went to the final four i just it doesn't seem right to knock them out so instead i'm gonna do some it's not a sports town i'm going with Outside of the Tampa St. Pete area, the entire state of Florida or Eddie Spaghetti, do we boil it down to Jacksonville, Florida? Urban Meyer mess, close enough. Their hero of heroes is Tim Tebow from the University of Florida. A train wreck there. The team that they play in the outdoor cocktail party every year, Georgia washes off its stink. Bam is still Alabama, and Florida has gone downhill. I think that, you know, Duval County and the fans that reside in there, mostly Gators fans combined with Jags fans. I don't think you could do any worse this year. I like that pick. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Florida thing, too, because Florida, you know, should always be a powerhouse and they're not anymore. And like you said, now the SEC is adding two extra teams is going to make recruiting even harder. Ooh, uh, good so I think point. That's a, yeah, I think that's a great that's a great pick there. And obviously not only are they bad, but it's like how they're bad and they're constantly in the news like there are bad teams who are not really in the news that much like the Lions for example but having Urban Meyer as head coach putting you in the news and having just like what a laundry list of just times he screwed up from the moment he was hired up until when he was fired and the worst part about it is that they have a guy in Trevor Lawrence who was compared to the Andrew Luck the Peyton Manning the the John Elway getting brought into the league of being such high expectations like you said a, a few shows back um, or might have been last show when you know they were forced into drafting him because of the uh, his pre-draft appeal and it was just like a universal decision where it's like you have to take him because somebody else will because he could be legendary and you take him and he's pretty mediocre now I'm not saying get rid of him obviously it's his rookie year it's not even over with yet and I think the coaching staff probably did him wrong and he their other first round pick Travis Etienne his former teammate at Clemson also getting injured does not help and receivers who people thought were a little bit better like DJ Shark and LaVisca Chanel not that great so yeah I mean it's it's really bad as it gets for Trevor Lawrence but you got to feel really bummed out especially not too long ago the Jaguars were like a, a, an AFC title contender. They were a threat. They were a good squad, even with Blake Borles, a quarterback. And now they're at the bottom of the league with uh, a guy who should be a legendary potential Hall of Famer, as everyone thought. And I think they are well-deserving of the Sonic Award. It's a mythical uh, trophy, I think. Did we ever have a trophy for the Sonic Award? I don't remember if we do, but I think we now do. It's, It's Urban Meyer's thumb. I think that's what the Sonic Award is from now on. At long last, uh, what, 13, 14 years after we started this award. Urban Meyer's thumb now will stand for all of time as the Sonic Award. Um, a, a signal you do not want to get this thumbs up. I, well, I mean, I don't know if she wanted the thumbs up. 
where she got it. But anyhow, moving on. The uniform matchup of the year from the uniforman himself. First of all, let's run through the nominees. Sabres at Flyers. I hate the Flyers. Um, They are a punchline, though. One thing that is not are those glorious orange and black uniforms. The Sabres paid them a visit in their road whites with that royal blue and gold. It looked like something out of 1975, and I swooned, even though I don't like either one of those teams. Next, an ACC borderline powerhouse kind of matchup in 2021. Sam Howell, maybe in a preview of where he's going to be playing in 2022 and beyond based on some of the rumors you hear out there. And the Tar Heels paid a visit to Kenny Pickett and company. Pitt wore its home royal blues. UNC wore that gorgeous Carolina powder blue with the Navy uh, trim to it. It was heaven on earth, even if you were a Tar Heels fan. Well, at least until the overtime. Uh, anybody with uh, with the gift of sight surely appreciated looking at that one. The Raiders at the Steelers is a classic. Neither team has really changed its uniform much in the last half century. It was beautiful. The results were not. Would have been better, though, if it would have rained. Steel gray skies would have suited the atmosphere a little bit more. And then you have the Raiders at the Chargers, who wore their gold pants with their powder blue uniform. Perhaps the two best uniforms in all of pro football going head-to-head. Your Shecky Award winner for 2021. Best uniform matchup. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the books are cooked here a little bit. It's the victory bell game. It's USC and UCLA. They both wear their home jerseys. This is owed back to 2007, I think, when I got Pete Carroll and Rick Neuheisel on the phone, both the head coaches of those two teams. And they agreed on the radio in real time to both take 15-yard penalties and both wear their home jerseys because they're both L.A.'s teams. It is heaven on earth. The sun going down. It was a daytime game. It looked beautiful. The two teams were not good, but the uniforms were grand. Congratulations to USC and UCLA. Eddie Spaghetti, did I get that one right? I love that's a great pick. It's a really good matchup uh, with the uniforms, you know, a bright red and a bright blue. It's it's awesome, especially, you know, playing the Rose. Well, like you said, the mountains in the background, you can't beat that. Yes. Uh, some other good uniforms come to my mind. I mean, the NHL across the board did a really good job this year outside of the, the Devil's Mishap. Um, but the the what do they call the reverse retro, like the the Coyotes with their new, the ones they're bringing those back. And most importantly, the Rangers, I mean, getting the Statue of Liberty, such an iconic piece of like American history uh and putting that back on uniform was great uh and baseball quickly i love the brewers uniforms going to their their new yes. version of the old style which is great and um i think the best matchup that i love this year and may have to do with the snow and just the magnitude of that game and michigan finally winning with the michigan versus ohio state game with the scarlet and silver versus the maize and blue and they actually wore the the, the double uh you know navy pants uh i think that was an awesome game to watch but i think you're right i think the victory bill game probably edges that one out it's a shame because Michigan, Ohio State could have been on the short list here, but I didn't care for the Navy pants. That's what ruled that one out for me. Um, same goes for the Chiefs playing the Raiders. You know, that's one of my favorites, but they decided not to wear the red pants, the Chiefs, when they played the Raiders. That was a disappointment to them. Or, or I'm sorry. Yeah, they didn't wear those there and they didn't wear them against the Chargers either. Another great uniform matchup. And by the way, the Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens in week two was that with the purple against the red under the lights. That looked very nice. I thought the Bengals um, hosting the 49ers at least recalled those two Super Bowls that started and ended the 80s, um, the uh, the Bengals. And, and shout out to them. I still don't love the uniforms, but they they jazzed them up just a little bit, or in fact, simplified them a little bit. That was a good one. Um, we actually started uh, the year pretty strong with uh, you show it shows the influence of the uniform. And we hit up pro football. We said, please, please, uh, please don't wear the wrong jerseys, Buccaneers. It's your choice. They did the right thing. That could have been an eyesore game. The bad news is we may get a rematch of that, and it will be the worst version. The red pants of the Chiefs against the red jerseys of the Buccaneers, and it'll be vomitous, not just spiritually, but to our eyeballs as well. Also, I have to say, the worst uniform matchup I may have ever seen in my life, and that's saying quite a, quite something. You mentioned the Coyotes. I know some people like that weird old uniform. The Coyotes and Ducks 
played the ugliest uniform matchup I've ever seen in my life. I'll post pictures of that on social media for you if you want to see that. Next up, worst food to eat after brushing your teeth. Last year, Caesar salad with anchovies won, joining salmon sashimi, Syrah wine is no good. This year, the Shecky Award for worst food to eat after brushing your teeth is... Oh, this is the influence of Jean-Claude Van Damme because he and I are on a wing-eating tour that's now three years long. It's wings with blue cheese. You don't want to. You don't want to have just brushed your teeth minty fresh and then bite into the the, the 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 gross old blue cheese, which I love, but you know it's still old cheese and and, and spicy wings, right? Spaghetti. Uh, well, number one, I hate blue cheese. Oh, uh, number two, number two, uh, I don't think I've ever had like. I've always brushed my teeth in the morning, so I'm never, I don't ever have like a morning wing eater. So I, I like sashimi and all that kind of Caesar salad. Like I'm, I'm waking up, brushing my teeth, give myself a, a grace period, and mm-hmm. then I'll consume my breakfast, which is, you know, usually like oatmeal or eggs or something. So I don't know. I, I never, I guess as a kid, like syrup after uh, brushing oh, my teeth is probably pretty good. nasty, yeah, but I have not done that in a, in a while. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I don't encourage you to try wings, but as an experiment, just to see if I'm right about it, maybe you could give it a try at some point. I'll even allow you to dip it in ranch if uh, that's what gets it done. Yes. Um, all right. Some big, I, I didn't post this year, Eddie Spaghetti. You may have noticed on social media. I did not vend out our n- favorite non-football playing guest to the Czech Republic this year. I feel like there's only one person who I know for certain In years past, there were a few people, a number of people who worked on the show who definitely heard every episode. I don't know that that's definitely true outside of one Eddie Spaghetti. So I'm going to make it a personal award. First, though, I want to say two things. Favorite football playing guest this year. He's already a digital wall of famer for us, but he is the 2021 favorite football playing guest for us. It is... David Carr. Why? Because David Carr, right after Derek beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, pulled his car over on the side of the road for 45 minutes just so he could kibitz with me about it. And you got to hear the results of that one. That was going above and beyond. Uh, Great thanks to all our favorite football playing guests who joined us over the year. I'm not going to shout everybody out here. Like I say, David Carr distinguished himself with that uh, with that rare move. But I also have to give out a Lifetime Achievement Award to a football playing guest. Amy's the former co-host of this show and still recurring guest here. It's Jeff Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz's older brother. Jeff Schwartz joined us just last week. We kibitz about uniforms. He hates that I am apathetic about the Chiefs. He gets angry at spaghetti. When Spaghetti talks bad about the Chiefs and Spaghetti gets mad when Schwartz talks bad about the Giants. But at the end of the day, we couldn't do it without him. Jeff Schwartz, Lifetime Achievement Award for you. Is that nice, Eddie Spaghetti? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to, I was shocked that Jeff didn't win the football playing guest of the year because he would have been my pick just simply for the fact that he's, I think he's been on this show, Extra Points and Against All Odds. Uh, so he comes to the network quite a bit. Uh, and then, you know, like I always love to give Jeff crap about the Giants, but I've told him many times that I was wrong this year. I'll eat my plate of crow. He was spot on about the Giants and we, we make fun of him for him getting upset about the Chiefs, but he's like the closest thing to uh, an athlete, like a professional athlete who's just a true fan. And you could see, that with him how he acts with the Chiefs you can see how he acts with the, with the Oregon Ducks who uh, unfortunately lost their bowl game the Alamo Bowl last night to uh, uh, who they play well, I watched the entire game Oklahoma Oklahoma right 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 and um, and then uh, with the San Francisco Giants like he loves baseball uh, also an NBA fan too he bets on everything so Jeff is just he's your everyday man guy who also happens to be you know six foot eight and play offensive line in the NFL and college okay. football 420 pounds six foot eight yes gambles I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's reprehensible. Uh, Kills chickens. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, but uh, we couldn't do it without him, like we say. So muzzle tough to him. But listen, enough vamping, Eddie Spaghetti. It's time now for our favorite non-football playing guest of 2021. I'm putting it squarely on your shoulders. We usually dilute it a little bit and let uh, listeners talk about it, other people who work on the show. Now it's squarely on your head to make this call here. 
Oof. You got you got money. You got handsome Hank. You got Mina Kimes, Will Brinson, Nick Costos. I mean, there are a lot of different ways you can go here, but uh, it's yeah. not, it's not mine. It's not my vote to cast. It's on your plate to make a decision here. I I think uh, just in terms of amount of appearances, the the quality of you're supposed each to open a, 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 open an envelope when you do it. Well, I'll give I'll, I'll give the, the the preamble first because I know who it is. Oh, okay. um, but but the amount of appearances, the quality of the appearances, uh, the willingness to to do the pod, and then the fact that I know that other people at our network also have talked to Coley. We have, by the way, got to shout them all out. Coley, jo- Joey Molinaro. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people. Joey yeah, Molinaro. I know. See, when you start naming them, then you forget people, or you fail to. Brad Spielberger was dynamite a few weeks ago. Sure, I'm trying to think of who I'll say now. I don't want to leave anybody out, but but done is but done. my pick, and I'll, I'll open the envelope. It's, it's got to be Nick Costos, uh, not just because of the New York bias, but like I said, he's he's a very busy man doing uh, all his gambling stuff. And he, I feel like the guy records like five, six hours a day. He comes on, uh, you know, East early East Coast time for us. And he is he just brings it. Uh, he tells like it is. He crushes the, the New York teams when they deserve to be crushed. He is, I think, one of the best voices uh, that represents New York sports. But the guy could talk anything. The guy always comes lined up with bets for any NFL game. And uh, he's I, I know talking to Sal that Sal thinks he's electric and loves him like he's just loved by everyone in the extra points network and he gives us a lot of great time uh so I, I think it's this year he he ran away with the award but a lot of great guests not taking anything away but but Nick was really a plus plus each time he was on I mean I'm not I can't dictate to other people how they should feel but a real slap in the face to Sal he was a guest you know, Marty Weiss was a guest too. I mean, that's a real attack on him. I mean, eh, if, you're Joe, empl- if you're if you're employed by Extra Points, I, I don't count you as a guest. Sal could do whatever he wants. So Joey Molinaro is a big star. You know, like I say, so's Kimes. I mean, okay, Will Brinson I, when when this reaches him and his man's down there in the Carolinas. I, I loved I loved Will's talk. Will was spot on about NC State Wolfpack. I didn't forget that, and he had some good music talk with him. Uh, and Will's uh, really one of the nicest guys ever. And I know given he hates New York too, and I've given him crap, but I just it's just all uh, all fun. Uh, Mina going at you about the quarterback wins and, and Ben Roethlisberger and you going at it with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Legendary moment on the on the show. Uh, gotta get, Joey Molinaro might have had our most like popular videos on social media with his impressions doing uh, all the SEC coaches and, uh, and other uh, Collinsworth. So he's really as good as it gets. Another super nice guy. I mean, we're lucky we have such nice guests. But like I said, and I think Nick's been on the show three or four times this year. And uh, I feel like every show has like multiple uh, rants that I remember and he and he goes at you as good as anyone does so I think Nick deserves it but like I mean we're we're lucky we have too many good guests true true a good problem to have as they say with head coaches who have more than one decent quarterback um all right favorite Damashek child got Oprah you got Jean-Claude Van Damashek you got football baby and you got little sissy girl and the award goes to Oh, come on. I mean, this is being recorded. I, this would be used against me. I would cause emotional damage and otherwise. I can't. Do I have a favorite? I can't even say if I do or not. But one way or the other, I'm not going to ta- say it into a microphone. What am I, insane? Come on. Now it's time for the Temu Chichu Best Name in Sports of 2021. Your nominees are Capo Caco, Shockey Jacques Louis, DiCaprio Boodle. Talk about extra points. Bumper pool. Deo Odangbo. And your winner for 2021. Best name in sports goes to. New Sabres goalie Uko Pekka Lukonen. Congratulations, Uko Lukonen. I, I mean, this was stiff competition. Did I get that one right, Eddie Spaghetti? It's. I mean, I'm guessing he's no losers finished. there, right? Uh, yeah, all of those. Any Finnish player really can give you uh, some amazing names in the NHL. I feel like, and, and the NHL is cheating. But I, I, I look, that name is is ridiculous. And that's his actual name too. It's not like these guys that have like these uh, these nicknames that they kind of adopt, but. I will say this. College football this year has a ton of insane. It was hard to boil it down. Deo Odangbo. I mean, it went to the Colts this year, but. 
uh, Smoke Monday, uh, like Sauce Gardener, like I said. Uh, I'm, uh, isn't there a Kool Aid on uh, on uh, on Alabama? I mean, there are some. I know these are like nicknames, but like college football this year, 2021, had a lot of really funny names. So, but I think that name, uh, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, probably is the winner. Um, all right, now let's get to best beast to eat in 2021. This is if you had to eliminate. To all other beasts, so you could only eat one beast for the rest of your life. I mean, that changes. Your opinion can change. Fortunately, at least to this point in society, um, I haven't been forced to actually make this choice. But best is you can't summon if you did have to. You can only eat a cow. You can only eat a duck. You can only eat a chicken. You can only eat a, 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 creature of the cre- a, a creature of the sea. And there's got to be a division there. It's got to be like a shelled item, so like crabs, lobster, uh, clams, and oysters, or all the other fish, the ones with fins and tails and all that sort of thing. It's, you know, got to play fair there. Shecky Award winner for 2021. Best Beast. Ooh, by a narrow margin. It's swine. I've enjoyed hamburgers a lot this past year. Meatballs, I've had a lot of them, more than my share, some might say. Uh, Steaks are always good. But I'll tell you, I've been eating a lot of pork tenderloin. Um, I've been, yeah, I've had uh, some baby back ribs over the year that were delicious. Uh, pork, like I say, the pork tenderloin, just uh, just delicious. And the the thing that really, uh, Al Pastor, um, but really, I went back to the basics again as we, you know, hunker down a little bit. Thick cut bacon is really what uh, separated swine from the rest of the pack there. Congratulations, swine. You're the best beast to eat in 2021. Um, best residual cereal milk. Quickly, we'll get this one in. Joining Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, Cocoa Pebbles. This is a little Jerry Orbach moment for me here. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, at least for 2021. I've long stood by. I've been a stand for Apple Jacks, that delicious peachy pink milk that is left behind once you get all those orange circles out of there. It's actually been sullied a little bit by the addition of the green circles. It's not as nice to look at. So your best residual cereal milk. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Turns out a lot of people were right about it. Really tastes very good. It's cinnamon milk, basically. Um, the worst nickname. All due respect to the Sheriff and Booger. Worst nickname in sports. Tom Brady, a.k.a. the Pharaoh, a.k.a. a nickname no one has ever called him. So why is it listed there? On Pro Football Reference as one of his nicknames, the Pharaoh, indeed. Yeah, who who doesn't remember those those uh, hallowed matchups, but those shootouts between the sheriff and the Pharaoh? What in the hell? I don't like it. Worst nickname. Um, one to shout out: Best Beer. It's a tie. Ale Smith Speedway Stout and uh, uh, Hayes Pipe by uh, by uh, Hayes Concept. Best Spider-Man, I mentioned this uh, earlier in the week. It's Andrew Garfield. I saw them. They're side by side. It's easy to judge. Judging who the best James Bond or Batman is is a little tough, but when they're side by side, it really jumped out to me. Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. Is that right, Spaghetti? You're a superhero well, sorry, guy. Uh, well, yeah, I'd say also sorry to the uh, people listening to the show that have not seen the movie yet and just spoiled the crap out oh, of it. Oh, people know. I don't. I mean, I, I know my dad and brother don't know. They haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'll, I'll keep this pot away from them for a few weeks. But uh, I, I think the answer is Tom Holland. I think that the best acting was the this recent one with Tom Holland, and he fits the mold more of what Peter Parker is. I will say about Andrew Garfield that his he deserved a third movie, and he was super underrated. And I think what kind of like saved Toby is like the nostalgia because people who are my age who watch the Toby Maguire ones growing up, they're like, oh, it was so great, and like Willem Dafoe kind of makes the movie better. There's a lot of like online memes from that movie. Toby is by far the worst one, and you could tell that by looking at his IMDb. The guy like barely acted because he's not a good actor. Um, but yeah, Andrew Garfield is, is great. But Tom Holland, this third one, is really, really good. He's funny. Uh, serious moments he had to be. And uh, I guess I'm done reviewing a superhero movie. But yeah, he's I he's guess, mad. you know, now that I say it, I don't want to go against it. But very quickly here, uh, you know, after my opening screed there about, uh, about you know, the iconic brand. Best James Bond for me. Sean Connery is, is pretty obvious. But 
people sleep on Roger Moore a little bit too much. And I thought Daniel Craig did a, not, a noble job and got the ship, got the uh, the franchise back on track, kind of like Roethlisberger after being lost at sea for many moons after Bradshaw. That's kind of what he did. And my favorite Batman, people love Michael Keaton. He's a Pittsburgh native. I'm going to go a little off the board here. Val Kilmer, he deserved another shot at uh at the Batman role. He, he, and George Clooney was the low point as it turns out. Adam West still funny. Did I get those right? Spaghetti? I think Batman, the best Batman will be, I'm going to call my shot. is going to be Robert Pattinson. Ah. And, uh, I've watched an, most of the James Bond movies. I, I think it's hard to pick against Dylan Craig. I think Dylan Craig is in the best. He's in the best James Bond movie. So I feel like it has to be Dylan Craig. It's very, they're very different movies. They've been around so long that the, the, the Sean Connery ones are, are, cheesy in terms of effects and otherwise and roger moore starts to skew real cheese ball in the second half of his movies it's not a crazy choice i'm not going to beat you up on that one for recency bias best seltzer this is you could be alcoholic if you wanted to i don't like those as i as, you, as i mentioned i like beer and i like wine and that's about it best seltzer i love the og the original flavor just the plain old seltzer water but then came lime and now there's watermelon and pample mousse but the best seltzer flavor, 2021, is Mure Pepino, a.k.a. Blackberry Cucumber. I've gone fancy. Kevin Hench tipped us off to it about two, three months ago. I went to the store. I was skeptical. I wasn't after it passed my lips. Congratulations, Mure Pepino. Next, best flavor of potato chip by Kettle Chip's brand or otherwise. I don't really eat any others because that's because Kettle Chip has, has cornered the market on this. You got your salt and vinegar. You got your honey mustard. I love the New York cheese and herb. Your winner, though, for best chip in 2021. Dill pickle. It doesn't just taste like a dill pickle. It tastes like when you walk into a great New York deli. I don't know what it is, but it incorporates all those flavors to it. Um... Move over, Meg Ryan. Those chips make me want to act like you acted, but we're faking it. I really do that, but authentically. I don't fake it like you did in that one scene. I think old people know what I'm talking about. New thing I do best is, uh, it's a short list. It's uh, making charcuteries. I make them for my family. I make them for the kids and they go wild. I make my meats. I make my cheeses, the little cornichon, um, little pickles and otherwise people go wild for it. Someday I'll make you a charcuterie, Eddie Spaghetti. New thing I do worst, cut my own hair. I thought I was getting to be good at it, but lately things have gotten sideways and, um, you know, now the wife is very upset with the state of my hair and um, she's really strongly encouraging me to do it. How much so? She bought me a gift certificate to get a haircut. That was a Christmas gift. I mean, that's a, it's hurtful is what it is to me. It's time now. We've, uh, it's all been an hors d'oeuvre, you know, the entire year leading up to this one moment We've heard from some big names, people who work at Extra Points. Here's TJ Hushmanzada weighing in on the most important of all Shecky Awards, Fruit of the Year. It's not a fruit that I don't like, but what I will say is Honeycrisp apples, I love those. Oh, here we go. Uh, the, the reason I like the Honeycrisp a little more is it has a tartness to it sometimes. The Cosmic Crisp apple might be competing with the honey. Yes, the Cosmic. And now here is late night host and bowl game namesake, Jimmy Kimmel on Fruit of the Year. This is such a Damashecki answer mm -hmm. that you won't accept it, but I'm not going exotic this year. I... I didn't have any fruits that really knocked me out. And I'm going to go with my old favorite, not if in a new way. You know what I'm saying? They're, I had fruits that were great and consistent as they've always been. So I'm going to go with my personal favorite, my old favorite, the banana. Ah, uh, <laughs> banana. That's right. You can shove that banana up your ass if you don't like it. I banana. don't like a banana. Banana's texture is no good. You don't like bananas? No, you I don't like a banana. Be, you should not be the authority on what the fruit of the year is if well, you don't like bananas. Thank you for your input, fellas. Thank you for your input, everybody who tweets me all year long with the nice fruit they have. Believe me, your words are heard. They are ingested in my brain and in my belly and on their way there the taste buds get their turn as well but fruit of the year 
delicious pineapple this year. You know, you, you remember spaghetti. You've been around for a little while here. You know, a couple of years ago, I'd been singing songs about the state of fruit, that we were living in a glorious time in man's recorded history, because about three years ago, it occurred to me, man, fruit's never been better. White peaches, yellow peaches, pineapples, red seedless grapes, strawberries were delicious for longer than they used to be, and watermelon used to only be good for two months, and then it expanded to like eight or nine months. It was delicious, and then... The world of fruit decided to put its collective feet up and relax, and that's not what I want. You got to keep your uh, keep the pedal to the metal if you're a fruit. If you want to be in contention, coconut won it. Big upset a few years back. Um, the honeydew had another delicious 2021 year. Yellow peach, the little brother to the white peach, usually exceeded its more famous brother, kind of like Eli winning. Um, two Super Bowls before his more successful brother did. Had some delicious honey crisps this year. Nice pink ladies. Cosmic crisps. Your 2021 fruit of the year. Sorry, anticlimactic. It's the Envy Apple, everybody. A, a, a historic run, a DiMaggio-like run. DiMaggio hit in 56 straight games. The Envy Apple. Fruits are supposed to have seasons. They always have. Even good ones only are good for, you know, like I say, a watermelon used to only be good for two months. Now it's more like six, eight months. Plums are still good for only like three, for only like three weeks. The pomegranate is the worst of all fruits because it makes you dig through that crazy dumb shell thing. And for what? You get through it and you get that little seed that if it squirts on your clothes, they're staying forever. And if they hit your teeth, they make them feel all chalky and gross. That's bad. Bananas aren't good, but most fruits are good and for longer in the calendar year, but nothing like what the Envy's done. The Envy has been delicious for 26 straight months. It has not taken one month off. It's something for not just its fruity brethren, but for all living creatures to aspire to. If we can't reach the heights that the Envy Apple has, we should at least strive to get them. I don't know. Charles Barkley said athletes aren't role models, but the Envy Apple is. Congratulations to you, Envy. You are the Shecky Award winner for Fruit of the Year 2021. That's nice, isn't it, Spaghetti? Are you happy no, for the Envy this, Apple? I'm not. This is so this is so unfair. And your and your reasoning as to why is because you just make fun of other good fruits. And let me time. say this. Let me I you, sang songs about watermelon. What it, do you mean? It is actually it's actually great that uh, I've I've produced the show for a number of years mm -hmm. and, and been your partner for a number of years because I love fruit. I eat so much fruit. I eat a lot of variety of different fruits. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't like fruit at all, which is very strange. So I have free reign to pick whatever fruit I want. And I'm talking about any flavor grapes. I'm talking about any doesn't like fruit. fruit. Tangerine. No, it's it's strange. It's not even worth bringing it up. Um, it's like people uh, when they say I don't I'm just not into music like none. Right. You're not into uh, any music. I've, <laughs> I've like never fruit? seen her like never went to the store and bought a fruit that she liked. It's very strange. Um, tons, tons of watermelon this year. I love the exotic fruit, the dragon fruit. I love I love pomegranates. I know a very easy way to get the seeds out of the pomegranate, which I could show you in the future. No, thanks. Uh, Don't care I for the flavor them. anyway. Even if you even I, made it easy, I wouldn't care about it. I've said uh, mangoes are good. And I said my favorite fruit, the champagne mango, the better, uh, the type of mango. And, and you go and pick, and peaches too. You brought a lot mm -hmm. of great, uh, awesome year for peaches. Yeah. I totally agree. Strawberries, too. any berries, acai berries, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, all that. And you go and pick, like, you, the, basically, it's like, oh, you could have any protein in the world, like any, you know, any flavor uh, animal, as we talked about. I'm going to have chicken fingers. That's what it is when you pick the envy apple it's a basic fruit and it's just it's just apples are so boring and to me to eat an apple i need to add like peanut butter to it uh or it's just not it, it's not strong it's not a strong fruit i feel like there's so much good fruit out there and uh i i, I feel bad for the, those fruit to lose this year mango mango is like it's great mango is baker mayfield of fruit overhyped under delivering you know, that's what I say. Champagne about. mango. Champagne mangoes the tops. No. And people who eat pears in a world that offers apples have self-esteem issues. And you know what? You can you have your trick for cutting up the pomegranate. Um, you also have tricks to cut the audio file up. So you're going to have to go back and cut out your obnoxious last 90 second rant there. Defying the ruling. 
The Shecky Award goes to the Envy Apple, no matter what Eddie Spaghetti, Jimmy Kimmel, or anyone else has to say about it. Fan double fan. You want to give out awards? Go ahead and start giving them out. In the meantime, the Shecky Awards are here to stay. They are filed for another calendar year in 2021. Eddie Spaghetti, it has been a gangbusters time once again for you. I think we're kind of coming up on our half decade anniversary here. Good times with you brought you from the NFL over to this and uh, the good times continue here. We thank Cousin Sal, Toby Mergler, the whole gang over at, uh, at Extra Points for all the good times. And especially we thank the Czech Republic for hanging with us through the DDFP and into the minus three and listening to us on Extra Points with Cousin Sal and the great new addition, Marty Weiss, and all the good stuff happening over at the Extra Points Network. Um, we'll see what happens with Daves of Thunder going forward. We appreciate everybody abiding uh, this lengthy wait for that but we appreciate the subscriptions the comments the support the arguments all the rest of it it's what makes sports and of course the most important sport of all is the game of life and so we love debating all those matters with you we'll be back on the other side of new year's to break down everything that we see in sports and beyond until then for eddie spaghetti thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven